0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark. This is Season 7, Episode 1, Total, Episode number 129, and I am just overjoyed to say this is our first official full season working alongside the Memphis School of Preaching. What a blessing to have a great godly eldership like the Forest Hill Church of Christ overseeing this work by, you know, seeing the work of the school also as part of their eldership oversight. We are so thankful for them allowing us to kind of come home. You know, everybody on the network that is a host of our podcasts, they are a part of the Alumni Association and MSOP And it is an absolute joy to be able to say that we now work alongside this great school. We would not have the ability that we have to do these podcasts without MSOP. And so, from the bottom of my heart, as Director of Operations of the Scatter the Broad Network, I am thankful that today, for my podcast, has begun the new era of our first official year with Memphis. We started, obviously, in November of last year, but, you know, end of the year, not that we won't count it, but it's January now, 2024. Crazy to think it was yesterday, it feels like, that I sat down in a studio at East Hill in Pulaski, Tennessee, and detailed with Caleb and Jonathan what Scattered Abroad would look like in the beginning of 2021. Here we are, three full years later, and so much has changed, and so many exciting things are coming up. And this season will be no different from what we've done in the past, except I would like to make it known as we begin that i'm doing a series of lessons this particular season on the seven churches of asia now i particularly would normally call this in a a gospel meeting setting or a seminar setting or one day sunday talking about some of these churches highlight whatever it would be or a sermon series i would call this letters to asia and there's seven churches that we're covering But we're adding an 8th. Lord willing, at the end of this season, on May 29th, episode number 150, we're going to look at the unwritten 8th church. And I'll talk more about that then. So, you know, stick with me for 4 months and, you know, 26-ish days. I am excited to be back. Another season, another opportunity. Hope you enjoyed the holiday. Let's get started. These first three episodes are going to be about the church at Ephesus. Then we're going to look at the church at Smyrna, the church at Pergamos, the church at Thyatira, the church at Sardis, the church at Philadelphia, and finally the church at Laodicea. I want it to be known off the jump of this season that I'm not an expert on these seven churches. I've done a lot of study, but I would not sit here and profess to you that I know every single thing there is to know about these seven cities and seven churches. But I'm I'm wanting to ask you to take this journey with me, to go on this ride, And consider some things that maybe we've never stopped to ask ourselves about this particular section of Scripture. I want to start by saying that it is my belief from what I have studied and everything that I have looked at. That these seven churches were not all far gone. And there were many of them in fact, if not all of them that you could say that this was a stark warning for some that though they were not yet apostate, or as we would say in more modern terms, fallen away, they were cruising down a highway, going 80 miles an hour with no brakes. If they didn't stop and change, they were going to be removed. And I have some different, you know, particular interests when I talk about these seven churches, it it is my belief that uh, one of these churches bears the strongest resemblance to the church today, and you may disagree with me on that, but I want you to at least give me the chance this season to detail why I've come to these conclusions, and we can talk about it. As always, you can catch my email in the show notes, san at msop.org. That's a new email address. For the longest time, we were the network at gmail.com. Don't email that one anymore. Uh, you can email us at san at msop.org. san at msop.org. Today, after six minutes and 13 seconds of introduction, we're ready to begin Ephesus. You know, the book of Revelation details these seven churches of Asia that were given letters from Christ, and I want you to act like for just a moment we still lived in a time where you could go out to the mailbox and see a letter written to your congregation from Christ, from a crucified Savior, a sacrificial lamb that had been offered up. In our stead, what would he say to us? What would his point of view be about our congregations? As we begin, I want to give you the background and i'm I'm going to reach over here. you you may hear you may not, but there there's a particular book that I used for a lot of the background information here, and i'll I'll try to put it in the show notes here. It's by Matt Henicky. I think I'm saying that name right. Uh, it's it's from Truth Books. Uh, I bought it at the CEI bookstore in Athens, Alabama, and I think Matt had a very good approach with a lot of the background information that he gave. And there there may be something here that I missed, and I would love to hear from you. Again, S A N M S O P org. But let me give you Ephesus's background. And there's also another book that I used. It was a lectureship book on the seven churches of Asia. I cannot locate it at this moment. I think I put it at the end of this particular sermon. Um, apparently, I didn't. I'll find it and I'll I'll make sure it's available. If you're interested in it, I'll try to make sure to have that. But I want to start each time we talk about a city with their background. Okay, Ephesus was the capital city of the Roman province of Asia. Uh, the church was established by Paul on his second missionary journey, and there were t- two key contributors. Uh, that's from Acts 18, 18-26. Paul would return to Ephesus on his third missionary journey and stay a few years teaching and performing miracles, Acts 19, 8-11, and Acts 20, and verse 31, where he says, Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn you every night and day with tears. E- Ephesus was noted for its worship of Artemis or the goddess Diana. And in fact, a great temple was built to honor Artemis, which became one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and Ephesus worshipped Artemis mainly as a fertility goddess. Ephesus was a center of emperor worship, and Caesar worship was expected of city inhabitants. Failure to comply with these things could result in banishment, seizure, of property, and even death. Ephesus' background also points out that in the days of the Apostle John, it was the greatest city in Asia. Its harbor served as the landing site for the city of Sardis. And the Temple of Diana was ranked by one writer of antiquity above the hanging gardens of Babylon, Colossus of Rhodes, and even the pyramids. It was destroyed by the Goths in 262 AD, and its modern counterpart has a a population of about 10,000 The first century Ephesus had a magnificent theater that was boasted to have had a 50,000 seating capacity, the largest of the Greek world. And in fact, it it talks about in Acts 19.29 that the city was filled with confusion and they rushed into the theater with one accord. This is just a, a sampling of the background that happens at Ephesus. In today's episode, I want us to be pointing out the knowledge of works. Knowledge of works. Jesus knew this church for what they had done. They couldn't bear those that were evil, verses 1 and 2. to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. Uh, This congregation was the type of congregation Paul was encouraging Corinth to be like. You might recall, we've talked about it before in the podcast, but 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he's imploring this as he's getting to a close of his letter, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But also in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he says, watch... Stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. they did not allow at Ephesus change agents of their day to have any influence over them. We don't allow idle works second thessalonians three six we Withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. We should not allow immoral ways, 1 Corinthians 5, 6-11. The The idea of glorying in sin is not good. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, and we purge out the old leaven that we can be a new lump since we're truly unleavened. Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us, so we, we keep the feast, not with old, nor leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We don't allow intriguing doctrines. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 13. Such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Je- Jesus knew them. I want you to hold that thought. Because these two little words say a lot about the deity of Christ. He knows what's in man's thoughts. Luke 6, 6-10. Where Jesus perceives their thoughts, knowing them. Verse eight, that He says to the man with the withered hand, "Arise and stand here." He He knows what's in man's hearts as well. In John two twenty-three through twenty-five, because He knew all men, He knew what was in man. Verse twenty-five, and Jesus is more qualified to give a rebuke or exhortation or even rejection, because He knows what is in man. And perhaps the greatest example of this is Luke 9, 57-62, where Jesus encounters three individuals. All three of them have some indication of being either asked to follow Christ or, as two of the three did on their own, they say, Jesus will follow you. You just tell us where we're going. Jesus rejects all three of them with three simple statements. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, and a man doesn't have a place to lay his head. Oh, well, maybe I won't follow you wherever you go. Well, I'll I'll follow you, Jesus, if you first let me go bury my father. Well, you let the dead bury the dead. You go preach the kingdom. Oh, and then the third person who simply says, I'd go, but I need to first go and say goodbye to those that are at home. No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. These brethren at Ephesus labored and did not become weary. Verse 3. They've persevered. They've had patience. They've labored for his name's sake and have not become weary. They worked to the point of being fatigued and then continued to work. It wasn't just keeping the doors open in their diligence of working. And it doesn't appear that they limited their work to just simply attending worship services. Friends, we know that we work because there comes a time when we can't. John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Why? Well, the night is coming when no one can work. So I'm going to work as long as I can. We work out our salvation for ourselves and We know no one can do that for us, Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You work that out. I can't do it for you. And we know that without work, we're dead. James 2.20, faith without works is dead. This was a church that was no doubt denying, you cannot deny, I should say, they were a working church. And Jesus calls their labors in this specific way. Think about what it means to say they tested those that said they were apostles and found them to be liars. That took guts. Not an easy thing to call somebody out, but we're commanded to test out what we're told, 1 John 4, 1-6. Don't believe every spirit? Test them. See whether they're of God. And we do this by searching the Scriptures. These were more noble in Thessalonica, verse 11 of Acts 17, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily. Now, my Bible has in italics to find out. That that means that that was a supplied word or phrase. You could really read this as they searched the Scriptures daily, whether these things were so. Elders in this regard are even given a higher standard when it comes to seeing if someone is who they say they are. Titus 1 9 through 16 tells me that elders have to be diligent in testing out people who profess to know God, but in works deny Him. And should teachers arise in our times like it did in theirs, we are not to, to allow them to just have a place, or to reprove them. And if necessary, no longer fellowship them. Ephesians 5.11, 2 Thessalonians 3, six, and verse 14. This is a shining report of their desire to know what was true and what was error. Would it not be the report that every congregation would or should desire to have? Would this not be our aim? They labor in the name of the Lord those in Ephesus were applying what Paul had taught to the Corinthians, always abounding in the work of the Lord. To be active and laboring in the Lord's kingdom is supposed to be the mark and essence of a true church of Christ. Everything seems to be going so well. Knowledge of works. We cannot end this particular episode without reminding all of us Jesus knew they were a working congregation. And if we could close our Bibles right here at verse 3 and be thankful that we have such an example detailed for us in Scripture, we could do that, but we would be doing a disservice to what God continues to say. But, That's our time for today. Lord willing, next week, on the 10th, we'll pick up with knowledge of weakness. Ephesus had so many things going for them, only to allow it all to slip away. And for what? Tune in next week, and we're going to talk about it. Until then, thank you so much for joining us on the Scattered Abroad Network, a work of the Memphis School of Preaching. Catch out all catch catch out check out all of our other shows on the Scattered Abroad Network. You can find those by going to your favorite podcast app and typing in Scattered Abroad Network Master Feed. If you're looking for the other content, but you just want one show to download, that's the best place to do it. Leave us a rating and a review. We hope and pray that you'll join us again tomorrow for our next episode of content on the Scattered Abroad Network. Until then, next week on Wednesday when we meet back, let's remember to please God now so our eternity can be far better.